0: Welcome to the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast with Aaron Gilchrist. Each week, Aaron will be breaking down fleet management, trying to cut through the noise, and get down to the real issues safety and operations leaders are struggling with every day. The goal will be to get to the bottom of how leaders can break down these silos of information, accelerate change management, how to use real-time accurate data to drive massive efficiencies across fleet-focused business processes, and to elevate people's careers with emerging best practices. Now it's time for the Straight Talk on Fleet. Welcome. This is Chris Leckenbill, I'm the VP of Product Marketing here at IntelliShift, and I'm your MC for today's discussion. It's episode 33 of the Straight Talk on Fleet, and we'll be talking about distracted driving. Why is today's episode live? We want to hear your thoughts and have a conversation with you on your experiences with drivers, driver behavior, and how... Your policies and technology are limiting distracted driving. You can add questions in the question section of the chat interface at any time. And once Aaron finishes the keynote, we'll select the questions in the order we receive them and unmute you and have you come on to discuss. Our commitment is to get to each and every question. If we don't get to all the questions before the hour's up, Aaron's going to personally follow up with you and provide the answer. So. It's my privilege to introduce Erin Gilchrist-Rugg, IntelliShift's fleet evangelist. A little bit about Erin for those who don't know her yet. She was the 2019 Fleet Manager of the Year and spent 15 years at Safe Light Auto Glass, where she oversaw all aspects of fleet operations. Today, Erin will highlight the three mistakes that fleet leaders make that increase distracted driving. And she'll offer ways to lower your risk in three key fleet safety areas. Erin, take it away.
1: Awesome. So I've seen some people drop on and off. We have a small crowd today, but, but Nancy and um, and I don't know if I'm gonna say your name right, but Erin um Larissa, I'd love to if you I'd love to see your face. You want to turn your camera on if you can, it'd be great. Um, and um, join in the discussion. So Small crowd, big topic. Hi, Arnelle. Am I saying your name right? Yes, you are. Okay. Yes, you are. Okay, perfect. I wanted to make sure. Um, So today's topic is near and dear to anybody's heart who um, has a driver's license, who loves people who have a driver's license, right? Who operates on any roadway, which we all do. And I think what's kind of um, scary is that this problem is probably a lot bigger. I know it's a lot bigger than any of us know or can report on at this point. And I personally believe, and have talked to others in the industry, and recently interviewed some, um, you know, other leaders who believe that this is a very underreported um, thing: distracted driving. You know, people can um, lie about being on their devices. But as this becomes a law in many states in different ways, um, we find that that reporting is being captured on police reports. So as the reporting becomes more current, we're gonna see these numbers increase, unfortunately. Um, so you know, I think before we dig in, um, to say that the numbers are understated is really scary because they're already scary, right? Thousands of deaths are related to distracted driving and many thousands more um, are damaging vehicles and injuring people um, whether a fatality occurs or not. So we know this is a huge problem. And what we also know is vehicle tech has gotten really great, right? Vehicle technology is better, both embedded in the vehicle. And then what we as, as fleet leaders add on to our vehicles this is better than ever, but the problem is growing. So um, I don't think we can talk about it enough or do enough, but I also think this is such a great time to talk about it because this time of year, so between Memorial Day and Labor Day is this time when we're out on vacations, kids are out of school, we have a lot of young drivers on the road, where they were in school during the day, now they're out on the road. We have families, um, like I said, taking vacations. There's an uptick in miles driven across the U.S. um, this time of year, and and obviously an uptick in accidents. So um, great topic as we all probably set out uh, to adventure over the summer months. So, um, you know, just to get us rolling, like what what is distracted driving? What do we consider distraction? right? Um, It could be eating, drinking, smoking, um, device use. So this topic of device use, is it a handheld? Is it a tablet? Does it really matter? if, If someone's not just driving, then it's a distraction in my opinion, right? So when we think about device use, you know, is it okay? This is what I want to talk about today. Like, is it okay if the the phone is mounted and it's talking to you and telling you the directions. Is it not okay if the sound's not on because the driver has to look at the device to know where to turn next and know where to go next? Um, So this idea of navigation. um, What about when we're stopped at a stop sign or a stoplight? This is a hot topic because it's just like I Equate this to you know, we, we want our drivers to back into the space so when they leave the scene that they were at, that knowing that environment has changed, that they can pull out of the spot, right? Makes lots of sense. We're all asking our drivers to do that, hard thing to manage and monitor, but that's the same thing with stopping a stop sign or stoplight and then picking up your phone and answering texts or you know, looking at emails, and then all of a sudden the light turns green and you have to act when you haven't been paying attention for, uh, you know, one and a half to three minutes, that makes no sense. Right. So that's sort of cognitive distraction in and of itself. Um, you know, so this idea of what is distracted driving, there's so many different things that be, that we can call inattention right while we're behind the wheel. So, we are tasking our drivers with certain things during the day and they need their devices to do business tasks so what do we what are we going to do differently that's going to say okay they can use this device for a business task but all this other time they need to just drive so how do we make our cabs a just drive zone how are we doing that so before we talk about these mistakes i mean any other perspectives from anyone on the call about, you know, what you are just dis- calling distraction in your organization, um, maybe how you're defining it, or maybe you're still in the process of doing that. So just, you know, you know, Mike, Larissa, you know, Nancy, any, uh, Aaron, any um, comments on what you are, how you're defining distraction in your organizations?
2: Basically everything that you've just said, it's if like you're not paying attention to driving. Um, It's, you're distracted and you could be eating, you could be reaching for the, the radio, you could be looking at the directions on the screen. I know we all look for those. That's, um, that's part of why we're all distracted at some point in time. If you're going someplace different and you're to know the only person in the car, how are you going to get there if you don't look at occasionally this, the screen there? Um, being cautious to look at it uh, before is is a good thing, but not that's not going to be always the case. Um, but definitely, um, anything handheld. But you'd be in an agitated phone call and your your hands off, but you're talking, you're yelling at your kid for doing something <laughs> stupid, and it's it's just as bad, I mean, because your mind is not on on driving, so um, it's all distracted. We're, we're all guilty of it at some point in time. Um, I do know that talking to somebody in the car is a little different than talking to somebody on the phone in the car because there's a second set of eyes, but you can still get distracted by that person, but at least you've got a second set of eyes that says, hey, 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 hey. But I think a lot of our drivers are getting complacent because of all the ADAS all the safety devices, everything that we put in the car to help them, their assistance, but they treat it as, and you know, all all knowing, all being, and they're getting complacent and we have to fight, not only distracted driving, but we have to, we have to fight complacency.
1: That is an excellent point, um, Nancy. I wanna dig into that in a second when we talk about policy and training. Um, Because, you know, the tech can be our friend, um, but we have to have so many other things to accompany our technology around policy and training. So I I love that, Nancy. Thank you for sharing. Um, Erinell, or anyone have any other perspectives they want to share? Okay, well, let's dig into policy and training then. This mistake number one. that that we're gonna talk about today. So there's three mistakes that we're identifying today. One is potential inadequacy in our policy and training programs. And then the second one is the lack of technology solutions or um, the lack of implementation or buy-in from our organizations. And the third is ignoring um, or not including driver feedback and engagement as we um, develop these programs in our fleet. So Nancy's comments take us into this first one perfectly, which is this idea of policy and training. So, you know, it's either, there, there are a few ways to think about this. Organizations either are not implementing comprehensive distracted driving policies, meaning they're not including all the things that we've talked about that are considered distraction. The things that I talked about, the things that Nancy defined, um, defining distraction and then putting um, our money where our mouth is, you know um, and, and pointing out very clearly what we consider um, aggressive aggression or inattention behind the wheel. And then again, policies are really great, but if there's no way to measure compliance, then we're dead in the water, right? So it's kind of a moot point. So there's no way to manage what we don't measure. And that goes for everything we do um, in our organizations, but especially when it comes to driver safety. You'll never um, manage it the way that you want to or the way it needs managed if you're not measuring it, because then you cannot um, implement compliance measures. So I think one really critical piece is top-down leadership and safety culture, which we could talk about for days, but I want to stop right here and... and and talk about policies. So, you know, Nancy mentioned um, this idea of having someone in the vehicle. So when there's a passenger, there's there's statistics around, and I'm gonna share this coming up in a podcast that I've recently recorded with an advocate for distracted driving who lost her daughter in a distracted driving incident. And she talked a lot about statistics around when someone is in the cab with us, Um, They are a distraction. Now, Nancy mentioned, yeah, they could forewarn you that something's going to happen, but they're also a distraction due to conversation and other things that can happen inside the cab. So I just want to stop for a second. And if anybody wants to share, if they have a policy, they don't have a policy, this is something they're thinking about or looking at, they feel like their policy's not good enough or maybe it's inadequate. um, Just any, any thoughts around policy and training as a way as a step in mitigating or eliminating distraction in the cab. Anybody have anything they wanted to share?
0: You know, Aaron Larissa brought up and put in the chat something that we see a lot of, right? And it's really the purpose (laughs) behind why you made this the subject today. She said that their current policy for her company around distracted driving states, that it's engaging in any activities that divert the employee's attention from safely operating the vehicle, right?
1: I love, okay, Chris, I'm seeing this and I love this in caps, it's so broad. I think that's why this is the first mistake, right? Um, Because without good policy, we can't manage this, but if it's broad, then how do we really get to the root of the problem? And and we already talked about what is the root of the problem? I mean, is it all of those things? Is it some of those things? I think, um, It's really getting to a specific policy that addresses, again, anything that we're doing that's not just driving. So just drive zone. Maybe we should get like bumper stickers, T-shirts, something for our drivers so that they can focus on when they're in the cab. But then it goes to this idea of, we talked about devices being part of our business solution. So we talk as organizations out of both sides of our mouth. We say, we don't want you to do anything but drive. However, we're going to send all your stops, all your work orders down to your device. So it is enabling our drivers to, and and giving them the, the autonomy and empowering them to, like, I love this example of, I've got five jobs today. And I think about this a lot because I used to manage um, a mobile service fleet and the driver gets to stop one. So they spray my lawn, okay? Now they're gonna go to stop two, but before they ever leave my driveway, it's getting everything situated. I'm gonna alert the next customer that I'm on the way and give them my ETA, um, if that's part of the process. I'm doing my job complete on job one, I'm initiating job two. I'm putting my directions in and getting my sound on and getting all ready before I pull out of job one's driveway so that I can focus on just driving. So there are ways to do this, but it's about, I think, being specific about how we want them to perform their job and how we want them to drive, which are two separate things, but obviously directly related. So thank you, Larissa, for your comments and and I agree, the broader it is, the harder it is to manage and the harder it is to really drive compliance. So on this idea of compliance, driving compliance, this second mistake is around technology. So I love how Nancy said, the technology can become a crutch. It's true, right? So they rely on their backup camera instead of using their mirrors. So that goes back to this idea of training, right? It's not just about policy, but it's training before they start and then ongoing training throughout their career. And as things have changed, if you have a driver that's been with you for 10 years, distraction wasn't the same 10 years ago as it is today, right? It's worse. So, and technology is different. So it's about training the driver on the devices they're using today, What are they operating? What are they driving? And then what we expect from them. And so, this idea of driver training, it's we give them a vehicle that keeps them safe, but how do you forget how to use your mirrors? I mean, if you have young drivers in your fleet and the only type of vehicle they've ever driven is something with advanced driver assistance systems, then it may be a crutch for them. So, it's really important that they're doing. Um, training to learn that they need to be checking their surroundings all the time while they're driving. And there's a lot of great programs out there um, to to do that. But back to the technology, while it can be a crutch, it's also critical. There's so much available, right? There's telematics, there's um, AI video dash cameras, which are, I think, a critical piece um, of technology to not only address distracted driving, but to eliminate it. And to be able to alert the driver in the cab when the behavior is happening, and then be able to report back and sit and coach a driver on what you've in, encountered and what you've seen. So before we move, you know, off this idea of technology. So, you know, how are we leveraging technology? And if we're not, you know, are we trying to? Or how are we planning to get our organizations? On board, does anybody have any success stories or horror stories or anything that they want to to share about um, the implementation of technology? I mean, I guess I can share that you know when I was managing a very large fleet of, uh, I'll call it a mixed fleet—trucks, cars, service vans—all doing different types of activities. Getting over the hurdle of You know, this idea of Big Brother was really, really hard. Um, But what I found was showing the organization through a pilot um, that this is possible and that um, if we can send the right message to our drivers and the organization can send the right message from a safety culture standpoint, that we won't lose drivers. And the more research that I've done over the years and the more fleet managers that I've talked to over the course of my career, This idea of implementing tech and losing drivers is a myth. It's a myth. They will not leave because you're trying to keep them safe. They will leave because they're not engaged. Um, That's the number one reason why people leave their company. It's not because you give them technology in their vehicle to be safe. So I think that um, safety culture is a key way, Um, you know, this process of driving culture in your organization is a key way to bringing this technology conversation up with your organization, letting them know how critical it is, and that you cannot operate without it. And I'm a firm believer, there, believer that you cannot eliminate distraction without having some means by which to uh, manage it during the day, and then drive compliance by having um, activity going in uh, alerts going on in the cab and reporting going out to the organization. So that's a very strong suggestion from my standpoint on keeping your drivers safe by using tech in the assets. And I can tell you that over my the course of uh, my time as a fleet leader, we made tremendous strides on reducing um, accidents and incidents, but more importantly, the severity. The severity of the accidents when we address speeding, for example, came way down. So a driver getting into... Um, a crash, I like to use that word, um, more than an accident, because I I think those are two different things. Um, Getting into a crash is um, typically avoidable, but when you have a crash at a high speed, the chances for um, injury and fatality increase so dramatically, so that severity increases. So I just don't think that there's any way or any better way to reduce accidents and severity Than to implement tech in our fleets. And so just offering up some resources for you. So I host this podcast and like Chris said, this is episode 33, which is super fun. And I have um, done a complete episode just on safety culture itself about what is it? How do we drive it in our organizations in a step-by-step method by which to do it? So that episode is episode 10 and, um, Before the end of our time today, we will just put a link in the chat to where you can find um, my content, and but also just anywhere you stream your content, whether it's Spotify or, or YouTube or wherever you get your favorite content, you can find the Straight Talk on Fleet there and look at my different episodes. But episode 10 on safety culture is a deep dive on really how to... Um, Get your organizations on board with this idea of changing hearts and minds and then convincing drivers that you care and showing them what's in it for them when you make these decisions around tech and policy. Like it's all about them. It's all about getting them home safe every single day to the people um, that they love and care about. And it's really how to drive that from a top down leadership approach. So if, if your organization is struggling with putting their money where their mouth is, that, that episode 10 will help you design a program um, to start that conversation and hopefully finish it and really um, work on that within your work. So moving to this third mistake, and we phrase this as um, ignoring driver feedback and engagement. I would also offer that maybe it's just that we as fleet leaders are not actively seeking driver feedback and in involving them in the problem solution conversation. I think it's a great opportunity for us as fleet leaders to really get in the cab, do ride-alongs with your drivers, understand their challenges day to day. What are we doing as fleet leaders and as an organization to um, make it difficult for the drivers to drive or to just drive in the cab. Let's just, just say that. If they can't just drive, getting in and riding around with them, you'll, you'll see those reasons or they'll tell you. But I think actively seeking driver feedback and involvement in any solution you're going to implement is a really critical step and it builds trust, right? They start to think, wow, The organization cares about me, they care about what my day-to-day is like, what it's really like, and then what that organization might actually be doing to make it harder for me to drive safe. So that's a great strategy, is involving them in the problem solution conversation, having them test out that technology, um, having them in a policy discussion say, wow, That sounds really great, Nancy, but how in the heck are we supposed to actually live that out? Help us understand that. And then just, you know, encouraging, you know, drivers to speak up and and that's tough. But once you do that and other drivers see that the decisions you've made are driven by feedback from everyone, then you'll get more feedback. That's just how that works. So just want to open this up to the... The attendees here today, just you know, what do you feel like you're doing well, or maybe not doing well to engage drivers in this conversation, or to include driver feedback in the solutions, um, or training, or technology that you're trying to implement in your fleet, or that you already have implemented? So, just want to open it up for any comments around this idea of driver feedback and engagement. Anybody has anything they want to share? Quiet group today. I'm never quiet, so I can I can always chime in.
2: See? Aaron, we, we try our best to communicate out to the drivers, and I'm sure every fleet manager does this as well. You you communicate during your onboarding that you know what your safe driving requirements are. We have your policy that details some safe driving and uh, some unacceptable driving habits. Um you know, you have the safety videos quarterly. We have to do a safety video through our EH&S program. Um, you know, you set up things. Um, I've got things set up where if there is an incident of any sort, they get a, a safety video through the FMC um, that pertains to whatever it is. If they back into an object, they get one that's generally speaking about being, you know, aware and looking around and. And if there's anything, you know, even more so, even for parking, uh, for pit while parked, they get something that says, be aware of where you're putting your car, be aware of where you're parking your car. Um, but every one of us does something, I wouldn't call it minimal, because it's not really, um, you know, it's, it's there. Um, it, it's hard to regulate other people's actions. No matter how hard you try, it's very hard to regulate someone else's actions. You can give them everything and all the tools, um, but you're going to have those accidents. You can try to minimize them is basically. So our safety, the things that I, I put in my cars that I and hope to do is, is to at least if there's going to be an incident or a crash or something, I can minimize it with the safety features that I opt to put in the car. But we're we're all human. I mean, my kids leave in the morning, and I always tell them, "Drive safe," and that's my way of just telling them, you know, hey, hey I love you. <laughs> just I go drive safe because they're boys; they don't want to hear the other. they just want to hear something. So, I mean, we can't say that to all our drivers, but we can make it clear to them in newsletters um, and other things that we want them to be safe. We want them to get home safe, and maybe. You know, whatever we're doing, we're doing it. Don't know how much more we can do because we're all people, and people have to take some responsibility for their actions. Absolutely, I I think that's
1: what this conversation today is about. It's like we we do so many things. You know, we implement policies. We um, try to get our leadership to be the 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 ones that administer and. And communicate those policies out, which is hard to do. We put technology in the vehicles and we still have these accidents happening as a result of driver distraction. So, you know, I think, you know, as a community, um, as a fleet community, certainly, but safety and risk and operations really need to come together and and take a stand against distracted driving. And I think that um, our C suites in our organizations, I would offer that. They need to be driving these conversations. Um, you know, Nancy mentioned she's really doing ongoing training every time there's an accident. It's like, hey, what was the root cause? All right, let me send a video out to retrain the driver on backing into his spot so when he pulls out that, that um, he knows what the heck's going on. So, all these things that, you know, Nancy shared are really, really great parts of pieces and parts of creating a culture of safety. But again, I think it really is going to take some commitment and pledge by organizations to say, we, we don't want this to, we don't want to lose lives, we don't want to cause any accidents, we certainly don't want to be involved in any. Um, for the health of our associates first, and the health of everyone that they share the roads with. And then second, for efficiency, for cost, for all the things that we operate businesses to achieve, right? Um, So I just think there's this next level thing, you know, and and what that is, is a combination of things, right? But it's it's this commitment to change, see change around how we think about distraction, how we um, write our policies, how we implement our policies, how we use tech, and then how we as organizations hold everyone top to bottom, side to side, accountable for compliance to that. So um, again, no silver bullet, but I think if there's one thing outside of technology and policy that's really going to move the needle is the presidents and the leaders, um, the COOs, especially um, EHS and organizations um, taking a a really, really tough stance and um, leading by example on distracted driving, right? You know, so that can be done in a lot of creative ways, Um, but I'm excited that when we post this podcast out, so we record today, and then this podcast will be posted out online, that um, hopefully we can get and engage a larger audience um, on this idea of distraction and how we eliminate it um, as a fleet community. Um, but before we sort of wrap, just, you know, any other stories or perspectives or alternative um, thinking, disagreements, whatever, um, that, that anybody, um, you know, Anthony, Mike, Nancy, anyone wants to share, you know, about their perspective on it, or maybe what their organization is trying to do to um, eliminate distraction, I'd love to hear from you. And if you don't feel comfortable today, again, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and um, we can start a conversation there and talk more about, um, you know, what you're doing. And I can share that out with the larger fleet community. um, You know, when we post this podcast out on um, the different channels that we use, but any other kind of final thoughts from anyone on the phone from IntelliShift or any of our guests today,
2: you know, Aaron, this is just a topic that we, probably address almost every day and personally yourself when you're in the car and driving back and forth to wherever you're going so I mean there are times when I have a conversation with myself about making sure I okay just don't worry about anything that happens because you can't control what the people driving you know try not to react you know you have those conversations there are days you're not going to have you're going to end up having that little road rage but you got to be able to control it um but I, I think we deal, everyone deals with it. What I've learned, I think, having children driving is that the younger the driver, the maybe more carefree they are. Like they don't think it could happen to them. It, it's kind of this immortality um, thing that they have going where you- Yeah. Yeah, you get, you, you get it as so a like,
0: I, I have to jump in here, Nancy, because the thing that, so I've been working in cameras and, and came to IntelliShift because of this safety issue. This, this is so important to our communities, right? And one thing I learned to do, I love that you're saying this, this idea of it can't happen to me. So one way, because I talk to drivers and I try to bridge the gap, and you said something earlier I really want to call out, which you said that you let your drivers know that the technology is there to keep them safer. And that's not only true while they're working, but we see that during the time that they're complying with your policies at work, it makes them safer when they're driving their families at home. So it it has this, uh, I got goosebumps. It's more of a community-based, it's the one area where business is actually helping to improve the lives of their employees. But what I wanted to say when you talked about your kids thinking they're invincible, is I go to drivers now and I say, how good a driver are you? And everyone says, everybody says, well, I'm great. And I said, I'm great too. I've been in two accidents, one where a vehicle was completely destroyed, right? Like, but I'm a great driver. We all, everyone thinks we're a great driver and we all could do with a little help. And that's what the business is providing. So you got me really excited about I love to put that in front of people and say, "Hey, how good a driver are you?" I've never had anyone say I'm a bad driver ever. And, so, and,
1: and I and I also think, Nancy, what was cool is when you shared, like, I get in the you how you get in the car and then you say to yourself, "All right, nothing matters. I just need to focus right now and make it from A to B." But if we all made that personal commitment, you know, like you're you're trying to talk yourself into not being distracted is what you're doing there. It's like if we all did that. And then we live by examples in our families, our communities, our organizations. Um, You know, we could really mitigate or eliminate this problem, um, especially considering the statistics that are growing, that are really, really sad and really, really damaging to our orgs, to our families, to our lives, to our roadways. So um, thanks so much for chiming in today, Nance. I um, always love to hear your perspectives. You're so good at what you do and uh, just grateful to have your uh, input today. Um, and so we'll wrap at this point. Um, I look forward to posting this out and I look forward to hearing from the fleet community and sharing the perspectives that we talked about today. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. Um, Arnold and Mike and, and Nancy and Anthony, who has um, popped off. Thank you for joining us. Um, today for this super important topic and save the date. If you can join us um, for our next live podcast, which is coming up in July. Um, Hopefully we'll be doing that on the 19th. We'll certainly get that out to everyone and um, having more conversation around safety um, and uh, efficiency in our fleets. So like we like to say on the Straight Talk on Fleet, until we meet next time, keep it real, keep it safe. For fleet's sake so thanks everyone appreciate you being here